Hello, my name is Meg. Welcome to the Unedited Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. The goal of this podcast is to help you both develop and enjoy the habit of daily Bible reading and prayer. About 20 years ago, at a very low spot in my life, I was convicted to begin this simple discipline, and I looked up years down the road to see how God had used this habit to heal deep places in my heart and do incredible things in my life. And so over the years, it's really become my greatest passion to help others get to know Jesus through His Word and through His presence. Through this podcast, I'm hoping to help you see the Word of God with fresh eyes, to learn to slow down with your Bible, and ultimately to fall in love with your Bible. So thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so incredibly glad to have you here. Today, before I jump into the show, I just want to say if the podcast has been a blessing or an encouragement in any way, or if it's helped strengthen your habit of daily Bible reading and prayer, would you consider sharing it or consider leaving a review either on Apple uh, Podcasts or on Amazon as a book review? Um, Just whatever you would feel led to do. This is such a huge part of getting a message out there in today's day and age, and I would be so, so grateful. Today, I am going to just share a few simple thoughts that have been on my heart recently. God has had me on a bit of a joy kick. I'm working on a, a new project about joy and joy and finding joy and sorrow more specifically. But I just feel like God has just been circulating several thoughts through my mind. And a couple of verses that have been on repeat um, talk about God giving a song in the night. Job 35.10 says, Where is God my maker who giveth songs in the night? And Psalm 42.8 says, Yet the Lord will command his loving kindness to me in the daytime, and in the night his songs shall be with me in my prayer unto the God of my life. And we truly serve a God who gives songs in the night. And I started writing about this several weeks ago. And over and over, like I said, these verses have just been circulating in my heart and my mind, and I haven't finished writing about the topic, and I don't know if it's something I'll ever even share. But I do just want to address this thought in general. So many people that I know personally are in nights right now. Maybe they've gone through a serious loss, a difficult loss. Maybe they're battling cancer or have prodigal children. Maybe it's just the pressures of living at this point in history or the fear of raising children at this point in history. Some people I know are battling sickness. Some have financial strain that's due to inflation. Just personal crisis after personal crisis. So many people are in trials and so many people are in nights. And I'm not in your personal night. I don't understand exactly where you are. But I've been in nights before. I've been in those seasons where it is pitch black all around you, where there's not a glimmer of light. I've had seasons where I've had no clue where I am or what God is up to, just darkness, just night. And I can tell you that with Job, I can say he is my maker who gives songs in the night. And I can't get you out of your night, but I can tell you that God will give you a song there. In beginning to write about songs in the night, I ran across an old, old sermon from Charles Spurgeon, and I just want to share a couple of little gems out of this sermon, just a couple of quotes 
that have been just ministering to me so deeply. He said, And many a night do we have, nights of sorrow, nights of persecution, nights of doubt, nights of bewilderment, nights of affliction, nights of anxiety, nights of ignorance, nights of all kinds, which press upon our spirit and terrify our soul. But blessed be God, the Christian man can say, my God giveth me songs in the night. Skipping down a little bit in that sermon, he says, it is easy to sing when we can read the notes by daylight, but he is the skillful singer who can sing when there is not a ray of light to read by, who sings from his heart and not from a book that he can see because he has no means of reading save from the inward book of his own living spirit whence notes of gratitude pour forth in songs of praise. And then just this morning, I read this beautiful little segment of this sermon, and I just want to share it. He says, It is marvelous, brethren, how one sweet word of God will make many songs for Christians. One word of God is like a piece of gold, and the Christian is the gold beater, and he can hammer that promise out for whole weeks. I can say myself, I have lived on one promise for weeks and wanted no other. I had just simply to hammer the promise out into gold leaf and plate my whole existence with joy from it. The Christian gets his songs from God. God gives him inspiration and teaches him how to sing. God my maker who giveth songs in the night. So then, poor Christian, thou needest not go pumping up thy poor spirit to make it glad. Go to thy maker and ask him to give thee a song in the night, for thou art a poor dry well. You have heard it said that when a pump is dry, you must pour water down it first of all, and then you will get some up. So, Christian, when thou art dry, go to thy God, ask him to pour some joy down thee, and thou shalt get more joy up from thine own heart. Do not go to this comforter or that, for you will find them Job's comforters after all. But go thou first and foremost to thy maker, for he is the great composer of songs and teacher of music. He it is who can teach thee how to sing. And so today, not a tip or a trick, but just a very simple reminder that if you personally are in a dark night, some sort of dark trial, God is going to give you a song there. No matter the reason it's dark in your world, he's got a song for you. I don't have it in my notes, but I'm thinking of a verse that says, she shall sing there. It talks about giving the valley of Acor, which was a place of trouble and a place of adversity, a place of failure, that he would make it into a door of hope and that she would sing there. And so again, there's a song in your night. Today, I'm going to share an unedited journal entry that I wrote several years ago about Paul and Silas. And it is called Singing Hymns at Midnight. At midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing praises to God, Acts 16, 25. The story of Paul and Silas has been on my heart for about a week. Paul had seen a vision in which a man implores him, come over into Macedonia and help us. Paul lost no time in responding to the request. 
And after he had seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go into Macedonia, assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto them. When they arrive in Macedonia, they visit a few cities and end up in Philippi, the chief city of that part of Macedonia, according to Acts 16.12. Once there, they minister to some women by the riverside, most, mod- most notably a woman named Lydia, and she and her household were baptized. One day, while going to prayer, Paul and his entourage encounter a demon-possessed girl who began to follow them and say, These men are servants of the Most High God, and they have come to tell you how to be saved. This went on for a number of days, and Paul has had enough. He is grieved and turns around to these demons who are speaking truth and casts them out of her in the name of Jesus. This causes quite an issue, for verse 16 stated, She was a fortune teller who earned a lot of money for her masters. King James Version says she was a damsel possessed with the spirit of divination, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. Her master's hopes of wealth were now shattered, so they grabbed Paul and Silas and dragged them before the authorities at the marketplace. These men had capitalized on the captivity this poor girl had endured. Her bondage was their business plan, and now their hopes of wealth were crushed. They are furious, outraged, When they saw that the hope of their gains were gone, they grabbed Paul and Silas, drugged them to the city center, and accused them of exceedingly troubling the city. Which is funny, because so far, all they've done is baptize a few folks and free one girl from demonic power. They rile up the crowd, and the magistrates strip them out of their clothes and publicly beat them. This was not a few men pounding on them with their fists. Verse 23 says, when they had laid many stripes on them. Roman beatings were no joke. Here is one line from one of the several articles that I read. As flogging continued, the lacerations would tear into the underlying skeletal muscles and produce quivering ribbons of bleeding flesh. Ouch. One article I read stated that this was not a limited beating as in 39 stripes, but this was a beating without limitations. To say that Paul and Silas were in rough shape would be an understatement. To say that Paul and Silas were in excruciating pain would probably be an understatement. But the Philippian rulers weren't done. They cast them into prison and command the jailer to keep them safely. He takes the request very seriously and having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. They have been severely beaten, are undoubtedly in nearly unbearable levels of pain, and are in stocks in the inner prison. This would be a great time to complain. They certainly have reason. This would be a great time to lament, to cry in pain. This would be a great time to hatch an escape plan. Paul and Silas are pretty limited right now. In many senses, all they have are their words, and their words could rightfully have said a lot of things. But in that dark midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises to God. They made a choice to sing in pain and in the dark. They didn't know the outcome. The Romans were brutal, and it was not unlikely for this to be the end of Paul and Silas's life. They didn't know the rest of Acts 16 as we do today, 
They only knew that God was still good and God was still worthy and they chose to sing and declare the goodness of God in pain from an inner prison cell. And it was their worship in pain at midnight that literally opened the door of the miraculous. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bands were loosed. Their song in the dark became the key that unlocked their prison cell. Not only did it unlock their cell, but the cells of their fellow prisoners. It loosed them from the stocks that had held them fast, and the next thing you know, they're baptizing the very man who was responsible for keeping them safely. Winky face emoji. Their decision to sing in what looked like a hopeless situation became the tool God used to pop the lock on their stocks and usher a new family into the kingdom of God. The effects of their painful midnight worship had immediate results, but it also had a ripple-down effect through the ages that has affected many. Christians throughout the centuries have been impacted and spurred to worship in their own dark nights because of their decision to sing at midnight. If ever we find ourselves in dark, painful seasons, locked in some sort of senseless, inexplicable situation, let us follow the example of Paul and Silas. Let us choose worship when we're racked with pain. Let us sing a song that pierces the darkness. Our God is still a God who gives songs in the night. It may just be our singing that unlocks the doors of our prison cells. It may just be our song that looses us and fellow prisoners. It may just be a song in the night that opens the door to salvation to someone nearby. A painful song in the dark is powerful because it is an expression of faith, and faith is the key to the miraculous. Singing in the dark is a bold declaration of trust in the sovereignty and the goodness of God. So go ahead and sing in the dark, out loud, on purpose. If you're in the dark, God is there. He is with you. His word says he will never leave you or forsake you. And if it is the middle of a bright day or the dark, low place of a dark night, he's there. I love how Micah wrote, When I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light round about me. And like Charles Spurgeon said, Find some promise. Find some little piece of the word of God that is a nugget of gold and beat it out into gold leaf and plate your whole existence with joy from it. What a concept. God truly gives joy in sorrow and in the darkness. Just make a choice to sing while you sit. Thank you so much for joining me for this journey. I look forward to meeting up with you again next Friday. If you have questions or to download a typed or a handwritten transcript of today's entry, you can visit megunedited.com. For now, go grab your journal and your Bible. I look forward to the power of this habit in your life. This is unedited. This is for you. Happy, glorious, lovely, wonderful, beautiful, fun-filled, happy, happy Friday.